0: This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Lilly Oncology. Hello, I'm Jamie DePolo, Senior Editor at BreastCancer.org. We're podcasting live from the 2019 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. My guest is Dr. Terry Mamanis, Medical Director of, of the Comprehensive Breast Program at Orlando Health, UF Health Cancer Center. At this conference, he presented updated results from a study looking at whether adding an additional five years of Femera after a woman had taken five years of an aromatase inhibitor or a combination of an aromatase inhibitor and tamoxifen, might offer extra benefits to postmenopausal women who had been diagnosed with early stage hormone receptor positive breast cancer. Dr. Mamonis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So the results you presented three years ago, which was in 2016 at this very same conference, showed that taking five more years of Femera reduced the risk of distant recurrence, the cancer coming back in a part of the body that's away from the breast, but didn't improve overall survival. So can you now summarize your updated results right. risk that you presented?
1: so yeah so our updated results with three more years of follow-up so these are now 10-year results which are a little bit more mature we have a lot more events as we call them uh, which include recurrences of breast cancer includes deaths from other causes includes second primary cancers so we had about 260 events more from the prior analysis the original analysis at seven years showed the benefit for disease-free survival Uh, But that benefit was borderline significant because by the rules of the study we did not quite reach what we call statistical significance. But there was about a 15% reduction in the risk of disease-free survival event. And when we talk about disease-free survival we include recurrences, as I said deaths from other causes, second primary cancers, opposite breast cancer, all these events together. But the prior analysis, as well as this analysis, uh, also looked at distant recurrence, as you mentioned, uh, risk of uh, developing distant disease, and breast cancer recurrence overall, which includes breast cancer, local recurrence, regional recurrence, or distant recurrence, plus opposite breast cancer. So the results now at 10 years for disease-free survival, which is the primary endpoint, show the significant benefit. Uh, but a 4% absolute improvement, so 4% of the women did not have a recurrence or a disease or survival event because of Lethe-Roson. Um and the relative reduction was 16%, so very similar to the prior results, only get a little bit bigger in terms of absolute benefit with more follow-up, and the difference is now statistically significant. In addition, we observed the same significant reduction in the risk of distant recurrence, it was about a 29% reduction, and about a 26% reduction in recurrence overall. So the results are pretty solid, showing a benefit as they did before, but of course, at the end of the day, uh, the results show that only a small proportion of the women that we treat with additional 5 years will actually benefit from it, only 4%, because the majority of the women would not recur anyways, and some will recur even with the 10 years. But in in statistical terms, this is significant, and it's possibly clinically significant. But of course, the challenge is to identify who are the patients that need uh, the extended adjuvant therapy.
0: Right. And I'm sure for any of those women that it would improve and would offer benefits to, they want to know that, and that's very important, even if it's only 1%. Absolutely.
1: And of course, in that uh, update, as well as the previous update, we did not show a survival benefit. Uh, Why is that? Uh, It's actually a multifactorial issue. First of all, the differences are small. Second, women that do get a recurrence, the excess women that get a recurrence, they are treated at that point with additional therapies and usually survive for many years. Therefore, it's very hard to show a difference in survival, even with 10 years of follow-up. So we'll continue to follow the study for at least 15 years or more to see whether the results change. In the previous analysis, there were a little bit few more deaths for for the letrozole, compared to the placebo. In other words, it was the other way around. But in this analysis, the overall survival results became more even. In fact, there were more deaths with placebo than with letrozole, but numerically more, few more, like a handful, but certainly there weren't more with the letrozole. So the results are moving in the right direction, uh, but it may take another several years before we can even show, if we show a survival benefit. Of note is that several studies that evaluated long-term duration of endocrine therapy have not shown a survival benefit, except one study that evaluated 10 years of tamoxifen versus 5 and showed both disease-free survival as well as overall survival benefit. That's the ATLAS trial with tamoxifen in pre women. Yeah. But none of the uh, aromatase inhibitor trials, even after tamoxifen or after aromatase inhibitors, have shown a survival benefit. And that's probably again because these women do pretty well and get treated at that time, and they don't die of the disease immediately after.
0: Well, and two, I think it's hard if you're only following people for ten or fifteen years. Um, I know that the women are postmenopausal, so they're pro- they're a little bit older, but they could be in their fifties. So, sure. you know, they could live until they're eighty or something, and. My understanding is, please correct me if this is wrong, that with hormone receptor positive cancer, you can have recurrences 15, 20 Absolutely years correct. out. Yes. So, my, I guess what I'm thinking is, if you followed these women for maybe twenty five years, you yes. might start and, to see that. Some benefit.
1: studies have not even shown benefit from extended endocrine therapy till you reach year fifteen. You know, so the early tamoxifen studies initially read totally negative at five years. You know, it was from year five to year ten, and then for fifteen to twenty years, they start showing the benefit because it's a very long term disease, estrogen, septopoist breast cancer. Absolutely correct.
0: Okay, so yeah I just I kind of want to emphasize for people who might be listening that it doesn't mean that these results are bad, it just means we need more time to see right. exactly what but, the benefits but may but be.
1: Certainly also preventing a recurrence yes. is a worthwhile event Absolutely. Uh, with, uh, because first of all the patients have to be treated to remain disease free and sometimes of course that treatment doesn't work forever, it works for a while and then you have to change it and eventually you may need chemotherapy when it becomes endocrine resistant so the, it's a very noble to, to prevent cancers for sure, uh, but survival is obviously an important endpoint. But the okay. primary endpoint of the study was disease-free survival.
0: Okay. I want to ask you about the first five years of hormonal therapy that the women took. It looked like from your results that women who took the combination, so tamoxifen and an aromatase inhibitor, however that was split up, did a little bit better than women who yes. just took an aromatase inhibitor.
1: Yes, that's true. Uh, there wasn't statistically significant, but there was a trend towards more benefit for women that had prior tamoxifen. But interestingly, also, younger women tend to do better than older women. And this is all for disease-free survival, and I have to emphasize again that disease-free survival includes some events that are not related to breast cancer. If somebody dies from something else, then it figures into the disease-free survival. So technically, older women are more likely to have another event outside of breast cancer recurrence or death and are counted as an event. So women that took prior tamoxifen usually tended to be the younger women because they were premenopausal when they started, so they took tamoxifen, and they became postmenopausal, and they switched to an aromatase inhibitor, versus women that took five years of an aromatase inhibitor who were well into menopause. So there's a little bias in that assessment. We're going to look now in more details, given these results, uh, to see whether other endpoints, such as the recurrence of breast cancer, and and also um, contralateral breast cancer, those associate also with women that took prior tamoxifen. Okay. But there could also be a biologic reason for that uh, because uh, it may be the switching the treatment and giving a few years of tamoxifen and then an aromatase inhibitor might be a better strategy than giving an aromatase inhibitor followed by an aromatase inhibitor. So okay. that's the that's So yeah, the, you're
0: going to look into those things too yes. as well. Okay. Now I do also want to ask about side effects because we yes. know that that is a huge issue for women taking hormonal therapy. Um, what... Did you see any new side effects, or did side effects hinder anybody's adherence in your study? So
1: let's uh, start with the reverse adherence. Okay. Adherence is well known for studies of extended endocrine therapy that is not very good. Right. And in our study, interestingly, you know, it was a placebo-controlled trial. So half of the women got placebo, half had letrozole, and so about sixty percent of the women on letrozole and sixty-three percent of the women on placebo completed five years of therapy okay so that means that about 40 percent of the women irrespective of where they were taken they give up
0: mm-hmm.
1: the main reason for treatment discontinuation actually was patient preference patients either had some effects it wasn't side effects though okay at least recorded side effects side effects was one of the reasons but there was down the list of reasons why they stopped I think women just get tired after so many years. You so took already a, five years. Now you propose to take another yeah. five years. or maybe at year six or seven or whatever, you may say enough of that. Even if you don't have a lot of side effects. Okay. Or sometimes maybe perceived side effects, which are not related to the medication, because the placebo was about the same rate. Okay. 60% only completed. So that's a well-known fact. And that may affect actually the outcome of the study. So we actually, we're actually going to go back now and look again to see. And one question was asked in the presentation. What about the women that completed the five years? Did they do better than those that did not? Right. Now, there are some biases in this type of analysis. Maybe different women complete versus those that don't complete. Uh, but nevertheless, we're going to look at that. Okay. Now, the the side effects, interestingly enough, there were two severe side effects that we followed. And those was osteoporotic fractures. In other words, fracture your bones based on osteoporosis which is hip spine and, and cold fraction on the wrist which we monitor very carefully and there was no significant differences in osteoporotic fractures now we know that aromatase inhibitors cause loss of bone density and may lead to osteoporosis but certainly in our study we didn't see osteoporotic fractures to be increased it was 6.1 versus 6.7 very. A non-significant difference the other thing that we were following from the previous analysis was arterial thrombotic events and that includes strokes uh, you know transient ischemic attacks myocardial infarctions angina all this uh, so basically thromboembolic
0: heart, heart, heart and vessels okay. Okay.
1: everywhere and so what we have noticed there was that the the rates of these uh, arterial thrombotic events were initially lower with letrozole than with placebo. But at two and a half years, the curve switched and letrozole then had more. <laughs> and so when we present the seven-year data, we, 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 we sound a little bit of a cautionary note. What if we see that continue to increase so and maybe that would explain some of the non differences in survival for mm-hmm. example but in this analysis we found that essentially the, the the rates have remained very stable and very close to each other so there wasn't again a statistically significant difference in favor of any of the arms for uh, arterial robotic events it was a little bit more for letrozole, but not Statistically significant, 4.1 versus 4.7, or something so very small difference. So that's reassuring. That 10 years later, of course, treatment had stopped. Right. Right. So maybe, but stopping the treatment, then you're not going to get any more. Uh, so certainly, that's not the reason to be uh, concerned. But those are the long-term and potentially serious side effects. But uh, on a more daily basis, there are constitutional side effects that we see with these agents, and some people, for example, may get menopausal symptoms, hot flashes, vaginal dryness, um, uh, uh, emotional changes, uh, you know, depression, fatigue. fatigue depression. Uh, yeah uh skeletal symptoms such yep. as uh, arthralgias, myalgias, and those are real. Mm-hmm. And this, they don't happen on everybody, but sometimes women have very severe ones. I have women that tell me, uh, you know, when they stop the aromatase inhibitor you know, after five years, they say, I feel young again. And because what happens is you, you start getting this little joint stiffness and all that, little bit by little, so you become part of your life. And then when you stop all of a sudden, all of a sudden you can move again. Right. So those are real uh, side effects, and some women may stop for those. And in, in our study, some did stop because of side effects and were more in letrozole than with placebo. But overall, the, the significant side effects were very small and not significantly different. So that's reassuring.
0: Okay. I do want to ask you when you mentioned the osteoporosis, um, were the women screened at all up front to see if they had issues and were yes. they treated?
1: Yes. One of the so-called we'll stratification factors for the study was bone mineral density. So, in other words, everybody had a bone density test, and we categorize them according to have a low density, less than minus two, as we call it, uh, or a T score, or more than minus two. And about 25% of the patients had uh, less than minus two. The majority of these patients, 60% of those patients, were getting bisphosphonates at the time they entered the study, and 99% of those patients said they would continue. So we were covering them, they were being covered by the physician because of the low bone density. Uh, but how many of them continue or stop later on, we don't quite know. Uh, that's an analysis we need to do because we also found in this particular presentation that uh, bone density score was a significant prediction of predictor of benefit from extended letrozole, for mm. reasons that we don't quite understand why uh, it came out as a significant interaction in the multivariate analysis of benefit. So we're going to look into this further. But again, the fact is we do have something to do for these patients that have osteoporosis. We give them bisphosphonates, and usually we can keep it in check or reverse it. Um, but baseline bond density was a significant predictor. Maybe because most of these women, because they have low density, maybe they were older. Maybe they had taken more of the aromatase inhibitor instead of tamoxifen and the density was lower. So the, the, there is a lot of interaction between different factors uh, that cause this phenomenon. Uh, but we, we observed it, so we have to look into it a little bit further.
0: Sure. Well, that actually kind of makes my next question maybe not... As important as it was, because there has been some suggestion that bisphosphonates can reduce the risk of yes. recurrence. So I wondered if that could possibly affect the results yeah, at all. If you look possible, at that, it's
1: uh, possible, but but again, uh, the first of all, I mean, even if people had uh, low bone density and they were getting bisphosphonate, they were equally randomized to. Uh, placebo or letrozole in other words the randomization takes care of that okay so they had equal chance to get letrozole or placebo and why for example those with lower density had a lot more benefit uh, it may be for bisphosphonates but but the fact is that they were equally taking bisphosphonates in other words if you had the lower density Uh you had a 60 percent chance of being getting bisphosphonates before you started right but those patients equally got letrozole or placebo So it's not like they were preferentially getting bisphosphonates in one arm versus another. Right, that you
0: didn't have a big clump of low-density people in one one arm. Right, it was all
1: equally distributed. But it's possible there is an effect of bisphosphonates, for sure. Uh, Studies have shown an effect, particularly in postmenopausal women. Uh, But the effect hasn't risen to the evidence that we can recommend bisphosphonates without having osteoporosis. Right. In other words, you don't give bisphosphonates to reduce risk of recurrence because it didn't work that well. Right. But if you have osteoporosis, it's very easy to say yes. You take bisphosphonates, you may get some benefit as well.
0: Okay. Okay. So overall, how are you going to talk to the patients that you treat about these study results? So
1: this study reinforces these results, reinforce a little bit our belief that certainly the treatment works. However, we know still the benefit is modest only by 15% reduction, relative reduction, and 4% absolute improvement. So we still need to talk to our patients about risk factors for late recurrence, and also factors potentially that predict benefit from extended endocrine therapy. So uh, factors that you consider for example is the age of the patient, the nodal status of the patient. If somebody was no positive, had a big tumor before, they have more risk of recurrence. So clinical pathology factors figure into the remaining risk of recurrence and the rate is higher if you were no positive upfront. Even if you go 20 years later, you notice essentially that the rate continues to be higher. Uh, we also have to talk to them about the tolerability of the drug for the first five years because if they don't tolerate well, they can wait till they get off, then that's not a good quality of life. But if they tolerate well and say, well, I'm doing fine, I don't have any problem, should I continue? Then we we'll look at other factors. Uh, with clinical pathologic factors, though, we can only get so far. Nowadays, we're looking more into the biology of the tumor to predict who may benefit from extended endocrine therapy, and there's tests that do that, genomic profiling tests. Uh, one, for example, is the breast cancer index that is being used at year five to determine how much benefit you get from additional therapy and also what is your risk of recurrence. There are several other tests that also predict risk of recurrence and we're evaluating now several of these tests in material from this trial to see whether they will predict risk of recurrence and whether they will predict benefit from endocrine therapy. Because not, so far there haven't been many studies that looked at aromatase inhibitor for five years followed by an aromatase inhibitor. That's sort of the missing puzzle. Mm-hmm. There are studies with, for example, the Breast Cancer Index that show that if you take tamoxifen for 5 years versus 10, you can predict benefit from endocrine therapy for extended therapy. If you get tamoxifen followed by an aromatase inhibitor, you can predict.
0: Mm-hmm. But there is
1: no data with an aromatase inhibitor followed by an aromatase inhibitor. So hopefully we'll get some data to, to help us with the decision for a patient, too. And the other thing, of course, is comorbid conditions. If the patient has a lot of cardiac events or severe osteoporosis that even does not reverse with the bisphosphonates, then that may not be the best uh, option.
0: Okay, or I'm thinking too, maybe women that already have arthritis and yeah. already have a lot of joint pain and may joint not pain, be the best people.
1: Right, may not be them. the best one. There are some things you can do, obviously, to alleviate some of this, sure. including things like acupuncture or non steroidal inflammatories, exercise, um, and, and they do help. Um, but in general, uh, not everybody gets it, but the patients that get it, sometimes they get it uh, severely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fortunately, few. Okay. But but yet, it is a, it's a okay. problem.
0: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate My it. My pleasure. Thanks for having thank me. You.